Hey, I, I love this young man. I appreciate what he does with the youth. Um, if you have someone ages 13-ish, 12-ish, uh, 12 to 18-ish, send them on Wednesday nights. Um, they have fun, but they also learn about God. They also learn about um, walking the Christian life. It's important. It's important. And I appreciate what, how this young man invests in the church of tomorrow, being the church today. So, uh, brother, take your liberty, and let's give him our attention. Thank you, Bradley. Uh, thank you, Pastor Bradley. Um, sorry. So, I would like to start this off how we start off every youth sermon with um, an announcement from John Buzzard. So, John, if you may. Go ahead, John. The stage is all yours. You practice every Wednesday at youth. You can do it now. Go ahead, John. If you, that's just a little inside joke for those of you who don't go to youth group. Every Wednesday, without a fail, I could be in the middle of maybe the best material I've ever been saying in youth group history, and John Buster will go, silence your cell phones. <laughs> Throws me completely off track, but sometimes he gets it right before, and I appreciate him, and I love him. And same with Brother Walker for helping me with youth and uh, being such great support for youth. And um, I just feel bad for the youth kids because now they have to listen to me preach twice this week. Um, trust me, they, they hear it from me all the time about their generation and stuff like that. Their generation, I'm only like five years older than most of them, but you know. Um, anyway, so I'm preaching on hope this week. Um, when I was asked to preach by Bradley, well, most of you guys were probably wondering, why, is, why am I the one preaching on hope? And Bradley gave a brief description, but I was curious why I was the one preaching on hope, and then I realized, well, 2020's been the worst year ever, and there's been very little hope this year for anyone, and so I just figured Walker and Bradley just like, let's give it to Bo. Um, but no, that's not, that's not what happened. He came to me, and he gave me an option, and I chose this one. Um, <laughs> so I decided to, to talk about hope, and I, as I was getting my notes ready, you know, I had several weeks to prepare, so if, if it's terrible, you can completely blame me, but also you can blame Bradley because he's the one who asked me to preach. Um, so I had several weeks to prepare, so I started getting ready, and I started thinking about, you know, what, what, what kind of hope am I going to talk about? Am I going to talk about, you know, certain kinds of hope? And then I was like, well, there's hope you can find in, like, people. There's hope you can find in, like, situations and stuff like that. So I decided to talk about all four of them. So if you were planning on watching the Chiefs game at noon today, good luck. Um, no, but seriously, if, if you're from the youth group, you know I talk for, like, five minutes tops. So I, I'm trying to make this long today. But uh, you guys might be out here by, like, I don't know, what time is it? 10.50. So we'll be out here in about three minutes. Um... <laughs> But in all seriousness, I'll go ahead and get into my sermon. But before I do, I would like to have a word of prayer real quick. Um, so if you guys will join in prayer with me right now. Uh, dear God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this church, Lord God. I thank you for um, everyone here, Lord God. And I just pray that as I speak, Lord God, that you use me as a vessel of your word, Lord God. And I just pray that um, as I speak today, Lord God, that you just give me wisdom. And Lord God, I pray you bless these people here today. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so I was, like I said, I was thinking about what kind of hope am I going to talk about, and I decided to talk about four kinds of hope today. 
And, but all of them surround an overall question of where does our hope come from? Where can we find hope? Especially in this time. 2020 has been a rough year, like I've already said, and everybody here knows we're all wearing masks while you're sitting down because of a pandemic going on. Where can we find hope in this time? So I have four, four places where we can find hope. We can find hope in ourselves. And that's the first one. And I feel like sometimes this is the hardest hope to find, um, especially for the youth. Now, I, I, Walker has been talking about, you know, I gave a little bit of this message in Youth Wednesday, and it went fairly well. They didn't hate it, at least. And um, I just feel like the youth, especially in this day and age, find such a hard time finding hope in themselves, finding hope in, 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 in encouragement and um, um, in themselves. And so I decided to talk about this as well, hope in ourselves. It's hard to, ha it's hard to have hope in yourself. It can sometimes be hard and, and life can be discouraging and um, it's easy to put yourself down. It's easy to think you can't do something when you have the possibility of doing it. Um, so like an example I use sometimes is, is dieting. You know, dieting can be very hard. Dieting you, you know, you can jump on a diet and then you can see a week later that you haven't lost any weight, you haven't made any progress, or a few weeks down the road, and you lose all hope for, for your diet, so you just go, start going back to McDonald's again. Or you just start taking down those quarter pounders, you know. Um, and so you lose all hope for your diet, so you just go back to how things were. Or um, another situation, work. You know, you could, you could have a job and you could have a boss who gets on you all the time because you mess up all the time. You know, work can be stressful. It's, Bradley talked about earlier, UPS. I couldn't even imagine being a UPS worker right now. We have about nine packages show up at our house a day, okay? We have our own UPS truck for the Dowdell household. Um, it's literally called, we're, gonna, we're about to start our own company. It's called Dowdell PS. Um, so it's, it's a little ridiculous. That wasn't even something I was going to talk about, but I just got the idea in my head and I'm, I'm venting at this point. Um, so you find, you, you, you lose hope in yourself and you're trying to find hope in yourself, but you lose hope in yourself in, in whether it's a diet, whether it's work. Um, but something I've often found is that we can find hope in ourselves, not just by ourselves, but by others. You know, we have somebody motivating us. Hope, is, or, hope in ourselves is often not seen until we see others have hope in us. Um, we need someone to motivate us. So like I said, with dieting, you know, you can get something like a personal trainer, or most of you here have Walker, um, who are, is constantly texting you and saying, hey, are, what, are, what are you eating right now? And I'm in the middle of trying to eat a Chick-fil-A deluxe sandwich with, with four Chick-fil-A sauces, and he's like, hey, are you still sticking to your 1,500 calorie a day diet? I'm like, yeah, as I bite. And it's, it can be very easy to lose hope, but you have to find somebody who can put hope in you or motivate you. Um, in life, you know, I've had, I have my family members and stuff like that, my parents, friends, and just regular cousins and family um, that have motivated me throughout my life to achieve goals, and, and we can find those as well. But what about on a spiritual level? You know, those people, they can help you in your life, you know, in a spiritual level, they can give you guidance. But there is something about a spiritual level of hope where you might feel discouraged about your faith that requires something else. It requires God. God 
It's God who has hope in us. It is God who sees our mistakes and he sees our sin and he sees all the wrong things that we've done and he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. Um, we look at ourselves and we see that we've messed up. You know, we make mistakes in our daily lives. I make mistakes every single day. Every one of us makes mistakes on the regular personal life, on, in the spiritual life. You know, we sin, we mess up. And we say, look at ourselves sometimes. And especially with the youth, this is something I wanted to emphasize really with the youth, but I'll, I'll emphasize it here too. We look at ourselves and we say, we're hopeless. God, we, we mess up every single day. We mess up and, and, and we make mistakes and we're hopeless. But God looks at us and he says, no, you're not hopeless because I have hope in you. Um, Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. We look at ourselves and we say, there's no future for us. There's nothing. There's nothing for us. There's no hope for us. But God says, no, that's not true. I have a plan for you. The plan that I have for you is still there because I still have hope in you. <clears throat> um, another place in the Bible that I feel like, a story in the Bible that I feel like hope is seen very well and can, we can compare it to our lives is the story of Lazarus. You know, Jesus comes and he sees, he sees that people are in mourning because Lazarus has been dead and he had been, he had been dead for about four days at this point. And he sees that people are in mourning because of Lazarus' death and he goes into the tomb and he sees Lazarus there. And he comes out and he goes, Lazarus, come forth. He doesn't just see a dead body like everyone else does. You know, sometimes we, we see people and we think, oh, they're too far gone, but God doesn't see, that, see, see us that way. Jesus doesn't see us that way. He says, come forth. Um, every single time I say come forth, I think of that Lazarus song, which is like, Lazarus. And he's like, Jesus? And um, he's like, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus. And, and then it's just like, come forth. Come forth unto me. Um, and I just, I love the story of Lazarus because it serves as a great example of somebody, of, of, of us not having hope in ourselves, but seeing that Jesus has a hope in us. <clears throat> okay, so that, that was point number one. Okay, point number two, hope in others. Um, I believe there's like two different kinds of hope in others you can have. You can have hope that is good in others. You know, you can have hope in somebody, uh, hope for somebody, and then you can have bad hope for others. So this is the difference. One's good, one's bad. That's it. No. <laughs> bad hope in others is something I like to call false hope. So there's a difference between having hope for somebody and having hope in somebody. Um, so sometimes we can raise up these figures or role models or, or um, these people in, in our life and we can look at them and we can dedicate our entire lives to everything that they believe in and everything that they do and say, and we put everything we have, all of our hope in them. Um, it can be a political figure, it can be a religious figure, it can be a famous quarterback who shall not be named. Um, but what happens, what happens when those people let us down? We put everything we have into these people. You know, we, put, we, make, we dedicate our lives, dedicate our hope in these people, and then they fall. What happens when that ha we put everything we have into those people and then they fall? We fall too. We lose our hope in these people. We lose our hope in general because all of our hope was dedicated to them and now they're not there, so we lose our hope in general. And these figures, they lead to failure. They lead us to failure. They don't lead us to 
what God lead us, leads us to. False hope we put in these people is a path to destruction. Uh, John 14, 6. I don't think I have it on, on the screen, but I have it here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but through me. Sometimes we lose all hope for um, in these people and they, and they fall. But God says that no one shall come unto the Father but through me. So he is the one we should be putting our true hope into. <clears throat> okay, so that was the bad kind of hope. And I told you what you guys should be doing instead of not. So, you know, that's my condemning you um, for the day. Um, so the, the good kind of hope for, for others um, is having hope for somebody. We get in this very especially Christ, uh, American Christianity, of this big mindset of, oh, they failed, um, get out of the church. You know, we don't want you here. You know, you, you've sinned. You know, I'm, I'm here every Sunday. You're here every few Sundays. You shouldn't be here. Why are you taking communion? Um, you, we get in this mindset of, of condemnation towards people who, who have messed up. And we, we, we don't look at the fact that we mess up all the time. Um, and God calls us to have hope in those people. Um, Matthew 18, 12 through 13. I don't know if I have it on the screen or not. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for one of them that has wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. God sees... An entire church, right? So, so think of it in this way. So he uses sheep in, this, in, in the Bible here, um, or in a shepherd. But he sees, you know, a group of a church, and he sees one that wanders off, right? And, and we can get in that attitude, too, where, you know, we find one, we, we get all you guys here, and then one of you wander off, and we're just like, oh, okay, that, they're gone. But God looks at that and says, no, we're supposed to go after those who have wandered off. We are supposed to go after those who have made mistakes, who have no hope. We are supposed to go to them and show them that there is still hope for them. And, and oh, something uh, we were praying in the back today, and Paul prayed, um, we are supposed to be a, a light, let us be a light on a hilltop. That is what we are supposed to be to others who have no hope. We are supposed to show them that not only do we have hope in them, but God has hope in them, that they are not too far gone. <clears throat> Um, so that's, that's hope in others right there. Um, hope in situations, number three. I'm 50% of the way through, so. Um, sometimes we can get in a negative attitude about situations, right? You know, we go through things, we go through trials in our life, and everything just looks bad and we have no hope. Um, here's my Papa reference for the day, or Brother Spiegel reference for the day. Um, there ain't no negative about it, Sharon. It just can't be done. So, we can, we can get in that attitude a lot. You know, we look at a situation and we're just like, you know, this I'm not trying to be negative, but what are we going to do? Like, what else can we do, you know? Kobe died and there's a pandemic and what else can we do with 2020? Um, and we can get in that very negative attitude. Um, but I look into the Bible and I think of other people who were in very bad situations in their life, and there was still hope. Um, Matthew 8, 1 through 4, I think it's on there. Okay, here we go, the first two. 
Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy dis disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who had been healed of leprosy. This will, this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. For several reasons, because, you know, Jesus says, I am willing, and, you know, he gives, he gives a man healing and stuff like that. But it also, to me, serves as a good representation of somebody who did not lose hope. You know, for those of you who don't know, if you, back then, if you had leprosy, well, even now, if somebody walks up to me and they said, I have leprosy, I'm going to be like, okay, bye. Um, but back then, they were a social outcast. They were an outcast from society. They probably no longer, the friends they had, the family they had, they probably didn't even see those people anymore because they had a disease that they could not be healed from. Um, but he still found hope. A man with leprosy, an outcast from society because of his illness, found hope. But he didn't just find hope in, in material things like we can sometimes or, or find hope in, in you know, something we see on TV for, oh, magical cure for so-and-so, and, um, where then it lists like 100 side effects. But um, he didn't just find hope in those things. He found hope in God. Um, I mean... I couldn't even imagine being in his situation and still having hope. I mean, I lose hope when I find out we're not going to lunch after church. I mean, I couldn't even imagine being in his situation. But the man still found hope in God. He, he saw Jesus and he says, Lord, you can heal me. And if you are willing, you can heal me. And God answered him and said, I am willing. And he healed him. It makes me think of another verse. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. That man kept knocking. That man didn't just go and he didn't just go and, 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 and wallow in, in, in self-pity. And I'm not trying to be rude about it, but, you know, sometimes we get into that mindset of, oh, poor me, I'm just going to, like, what was that character from Winnie the Pooh? What? What Igor, Igor, thank you. I haven't seen it in like a thousand years. But you're getting that, oh, poor me. And, but really, there is hope for us. <clears throat> so I read that verse, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. And when preparing this, this, um, this message, I was, you know, doing notes on situations. And... Um, I couldn't help but continue to be asked the question on, well, what happens when those situations don't work out? What happens when we pray for healing and there is no healing? We have faith that God will do something, but nothing happens. And we hope, but nothing happens. How do we have hope then? And, you know, I've, I've seen families go through things this year especially, but in my entire life that I don't think any family should have to go through. Um, me and my family have gone through some things that, you know, are terrible. And we, we prayed and we, we asked for healing, but we, we had no, we, it just felt hopeless. And I don't have some magical answer in the Bible to tell you, but I do have a verse for you that I've always looked to for hope when the situations have seemed hopeless. Um, 
Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. In those times when I felt like there's been no hope for situations or I felt like the situations went completely in the opposite way of what me and my family wanted to happen, in that time of hopelessness is when I have found God. Is when we have found God. We see that, you know, we go through things in life, but God is with us through those things in life. Bradley just talked about it a second ago with, with Elisha, and he said, open his eyes, and he had the chariots of heaven around him, protecting him from those, from those who wanted to harm him. God realizes the things we go through, and he sees our struggles. And he says, come to me, and I will give you rest. So my last point, where can we find hope right now? Through everything that we go through in life, where can we find our source of hope? It's in God. Our hope's in God. God provides hope to us in many different ways. I've mentioned a couple of them already. But our number one source of hope in God is found at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Our salvation by Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ, was our ultimate, is our ultimate source of hope. It was a new hope. Star Wars, for those of you. Um, I'm sorry, I'm such a nerd that I have to mention it when I say new hope. It's the only thing I can think of. A hope that didn't die. A hope that didn't let us down. But a hope that is everlasting. A hope that has saved us from our own destruction. Our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ is our ultimate source of hope. Um, Luke 2, 10 through 11. Um, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I just, every time I read this, I think of how, like, the shepherds would be reacting. And they, the angels obviously say, Do not be afraid. But in my mind, if I was there, I'd be like, What is going on? And I'd be freaking out. And I don't blame them if they were freaking out. Um, but I would just wish that we would have been able to see their immediate reaction if they would have completely understand everything that they're saying to them. The angels say, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, uh, good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. They are saying, hey, a Savior has come. A new hope has come for you. Hey, someone who will die so you can have eternal life has come for you. They have come to give you a new hope. And I just feel like sometimes we get in this mindset of that this verse doesn't apply to us as well. You know, we, we think, oh, the shepherds, they, they told them about that. But this is also a message for us. A Savior has come for us. A Savior that has given us a new hope has come for us. And my final verse is John 3.16, probably the most used verse in the Bible. Um, and I'm going to go through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God saw us, and he said, they need hope. He looked at the earth and didn't say, oh, let's just send another flood, let's start over again. God looked at the earth and said, they need a Savior. 
and he sent that Savior through his son. Um, the worship team, if they want to come up now, that would be great. Um, and I don't have a... I, we're, we're about to lead into a time of communion. Um, I want to say a quick prayer, and then I'm going to turn it over to either Brother Walker or Brother Bradley and have them lead us in that time. Um, but I just think I want to end with this, is that for those of you who feel like you, you don't have hope, that you don't have hope in yourselves, or maybe you're going through a tough time, and, and you know, I, I feel like there's a thousand people or millions of people right now going through a very, very tough time. I just want you to know that God has hope in you. Amen. And go to God, and God will provide you with hope. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you.